Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. Last week we started a series called Seed to Soil. Seed to Soil, we're, we're going through this parable that Jesus tells in Mark chapter 4. And I'm not going to go through and read uh, all of the, the, the verses that set this up again. We're going to jump right into what we're going to talk about here this morning. And um, this morning, if the, if the title is Seed to Soil, if there was a, like a subtitle, it, it would be For the Birds. For the birds, and if you don't know what "for the birds" are, "for the birds" is a, is a phrase that that we might use that basically means I'm not dealing with that, I'm not messing with that. That's not valuable. That's not worth my time. That's not worth my effort. That's for the birds, right? And so many of you guys right now, it might actually do you some good in some of your political stances or some of your Facebook uh, scrolling to just say that's for the birds. I'm not even gonna let them upset me. I'm not even gonna let my mind or my heart go to that place. But this idea of being for the birds is an idea of saying this, this word, this comment, whatever's going on, like it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And when we read here in Mark chapter 4, the, the type of ground that we're looking at this morning, um, the, the people who hear the word in this way, they think that the word of God is for the birds. So I want to start with one verse in Mark chapter 4, verse 4. As we read this last week, Jesus here, if you remember, he has this crowd, and he basically, he tells them a story. And here's the story. The farmer goes out, and he scatters some seed, and some of it falls on the path, some of it falls on rocky ground, some of it falls on thorny ground, and some of it falls on good soil. And those that fall on good soil produce some 30, 60, 100 fold, and he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that was it. And then he's like, all right, see y'all later. So in verse 4 of Mark chapter 4, he's talking about the seed, the path, which is the ground we're going to talk about this morning. As, as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Now, if we go ahead to verse 15 of Mark chapter 4, this is when Jesus has now left the crowds, and he's with his disciples, and he's explaining this story that he told the crowd in the first several verses of Mark chapter 4. So in verse 15 it says, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. And he's going to explain what he means by that. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So let's establish some things this morning so we can make sure we're on the same page through this. The seed is the word of God. So as, as God is telling this story, as Jesus is telling this story, he's saying there's seed and it's, this, it's being scattered and it's falling on different soil. The seed is the word of God. So the word of God is going out. It's going out. The soil is our hearts. The soil is our hearts, and the sower, the sower that's sowing this, in this parable, it's God. But actually, when we look at our lives, the, the sower that sows the word, it could be God. It could be us. We're told to, to scatter seed. We're told to preach the word. We're told to share the gospel. We're told to tell people about our story. And it could be Satan. And I know that may be like, whoa, wait, what? Well, yeah, it could be Satan. We see that Satan will actually um, not scatter pure seed, but he'll try to take the seed and he'll try to twist it up and pervert it and damage it and give it. He did this with Adam. 
Did God really say that you can't eat of this tree? He did it with Jesus. He did it with Jesus in the garden when Jesus was tempted three times. Satan was actually using the word in a twisted way. He was essentially a sower in this, in this context. But in this parable, it's God who is sowing the seed. So as we look at this first layer of ground, this path, if you will, we need to remember that the path is hardened ground. The path would have been dirt where people walked consistently, where animals walked through. The, this path had not been prepared to receive seed. This path was too hard, and therefore when the seed fell on this path, it had no depth because it just sat right on the top of the path. And sitting on top of the path, people would walk on it, People would walk by it. It was literally for the birds. They didn't care anything about that seed. The path was, was a place where they walked. It's not a place where they were looking for that. And so because of that, there would have been seed right there on the path that they would have just stepped on and stepped over and walked by and walked through. This portion of the ground is not at all prepared to receive seed. And so if we actually read this in Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 13, he talks about this same parable that Jesus told, and he gives us a little more insight into the path and what this means for us as we receive the word and our hearts are not prepared and they're hardened and how this happens. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, Jesus says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So we get a little more understanding in Matthew's account of this story that we are the path or our hearts are the path or there's portions of our hearts that are the path when we hear the word and we don't understand it. Now, again, many times when this has been preached or if you've ever heard this story, uh, we want to be quick to categorize people into these different soils. So you're either the path or you're rocky ground or you're thorny ground or you're good soil. But in actuality, if you've followed Jesus for any amount of time, really if you've just lived any amount of time, you know that at any given moment you are uh, a combination of things. It's very rare to be completely defined by one thing, even in your heart. You know, you, know, you, you may have... Uh, you may have portions of your heart that are good soil and portions of your heart that are the path. It doesn't mean that it is just all one thing. Now, clearly, there are people who say that the word of God is for the birds and they don't have any value in it and they're willing to walk on it and walk over it and they are, their hearts are the path. But for the rest of us, we can't just dismiss everything else that God's going to say to us this morning because we know that we receive the word, we want to know the word, you're here to hear the word, all of that. So no, this doesn't apply to me, I'm not the path. Well, it may not apply to you completely and wholly, but it may apply to you in some area. It may apply to your level of generosity. It, it may apply to your willingness to forgive. It, it may apply to uh, your devotion to God to be able to invest time praying and studying and, and getting in his word. And for this particular portion of the soil, we're dealing with our minds. We're dealing with a lack of understanding. A dull spiritual mind produces a hard spiritual heart. So, so because we don't understand the word when we hear the word, again, maybe not completely, but maybe in certain areas, then our heart becomes hard like that path and that seed, it has nowhere to go and it just lays on top of the path for the birds to come and snatch it up, for the birds to come and devour it. 
A hard heart, like a hard path, has no entry point. It has no depth for the seed of the word. So we have to make sure that we keep our hearts soft. And one of the, the number one ways that we do that, one of the foundational ways that we do that is through an understanding of the word. Because when we fail to understand the word, Satan is able to immediately swoop in like a bird and take away this seed. So, so let's talk really quickly about why it's important for us to realize some things about this particular uh, uh, group of, of soil. This is the only patch of soil, if you will, that we're told Satan directly impacts. Now, we believe there's two others that he directly impacts, but here we're told Satan comes in and he devours this seed. So it's important for us to realize some things. First of all, that we, we can realize this, that Satan comes... Immediately, it tells us, for the word. So when you hear the word of God, just know this. You don't need to know this to be afraid. You need to know this to be prepared. That Satan is going to come for the word. What does that mean? He is going to try to do everything he can to make you not understand what God is trying to say to you. Whenever you hear the word preached, whenever you listen to the word, uh, whether it be through a Bible app or, or through a podcast or whenever you read the word for yourself. He is coming for that. We, we've done discipleship um, uh, groups here and intense groups where men and, and women now, they're, they're finishing up their, their year, uh, they've been intentional with getting the word and hearing the word and understanding the word and growing closer to God. And inevitably, what we start that year with telling them is, listen, if you do this, I can promise you something. I can promise you that Satan is going to come for this word and he is going to attack. And, and, and honestly, I could bring any one of the guys who's been through that discipleship group, I could bring them up right now, and they could tell you stories about themselves and stories about those guys that are in their group of how Satan has attacked, inevitably. Because Satan comes for the word. So if you get the word more, he's coming harder for you. But there's no need to be afraid, because those guys could also stand up here and tell you some of the greatest praise reports they've ever had in their lives. I mean, I, I could go through just off the top of my head. I can think of, I can think of many people having children when they said they couldn't have children. Um, people buying homes for the first time, not just in their lives, not just their first home, but nobody in their family had ever bought a home. I mean, people deciding to follow Jesus in ways that it looked like it cost them relationships, uh, somebody that they wanted to marry, uh, all these different things. But in actuality, when you look and you fast forward and you see what God has done, it was the biggest blessing that they could have had. But Satan comes immediately to try to swoop in and snatch the word from us before it can take root and produce in our lives. And the number one way he does that is, is through us not understanding the word. It's no coincidence that when you leave here, um, I, I don't know now if you guys are going to lunch after this or if you're getting takeout. I don't, I don't know what the new corona, I don't know what everybody's doing now. Like my wife, she's not sitting in a restaurant yet. It's just, it's just not happening. But when you leave here and you, and you let's, let's just say tomorrow. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock when the Falcons come on and, you know, at this point, I'm just convinced they're trying to get Matt Ryan's replacement. They're just trying to lose on purpose. I don't know what they're doing. If you're new here, I'm from Atlanta. I'm a big Falcons fan. So every in football season, I just usually need about 90 seconds in the sermon to just unload, get a little healing, get a little, you know, 
I'm definitely there right now. But tomorrow night, you know, right before the Falcons come on, it's going to be no coincidence that it might be difficult for you to remember what we talked about here this morning. Let's just, let's just we could back it up, right? About 30 minutes after you leave here. Let's, just, let's take you all out of it. For most Christians that are going to church this morning, by the time they leave the parking lot of the church, if you were to say, hey, man, uh, what did the pastor preach on? They're going to stumble and struggle a lot of times, right? It's no coincidence that when you leave here, if you came with your spouse or your kids, it is much more likely that there is intense fellowship <laughs> upon leaving the church it's probably more likely than any other time during the week. Why? Because Satan is coming for the word. He's coming for the word. You get the word, and he's right behind it trying to swoop it in, swoop in and devour it. So we have to be prepared but not afraid for him to come. Secondly, what we need to know about this is Satan knows that if he can steal the seed before you consume the seed, it won't do you any good. So if he can get it before you get out of the parking lot, if he can get it before you get out of the sanctuary, if he can get you distracted right now and not listen to what God is saying, not what I'm saying to you, then he can snatch it before it takes any root, before it produces any fruit. Third, if left to ourselves, we're all the path. Or there's at least portions of our heart that is the path. If we're left to ourselves. We all have the potential to be the path. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, um, that, that can't be right. I wrote that down wrong because 1 Corinthians 13, I know what that says. Somewhere, Paul says, <laughs> maybe 2 Corinthians 13. All this is in the U version. Uh, I, did, I, did my, I put my sermon notes back out there, so, so they're in there, and pro- hopefully they're right. Maybe they're right. If not, you can find it. Maybe 2 Corinthians 13. That's a good assignment. You can find where this is. Somewhere Paul says that we shouldn't deceive ourselves. If we think we're wise, we need to become like a fool because the wisdom of this world is folly with God. Jeremiah chapter 10 tells us that, that it is not in us to know the end from the beginning, to know the paths and to direct our own steps. And then lastly, what we need to know about this, of, Jesus, or of Satan coming in and stealing the word before it takes any root, before um, it gets past the path, is Jesus expects us to understand the seed of the word. He expects us to. When we look here in Mark chapter 4, um, when we look back at verse 13, Jesus says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He gets with the disciples and he can't believe that they're asking him what it means because he expects us to understand. We're also repeatedly told in the book of Proverbs to get wisdom and get understanding. So how do we make sure that we understand the seed of the word so that it uh, so that we are not the path? Or how do we make sure that we understand the seed of the word so that there are portions of our heart that no longer remain the path? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me, I'm going to read several verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 6. And like I said, I'm going to read several verses here. Paul is writing uh, to, to a church in Corinth, and he actually just 
gets done saying, hey, I don't want you, I don't want to be the best speaker. I don't want to be the most eloquent. I want you to put your faith and your trust not in my wisdom, but in the power of God. I want you to trust not that I can put all the right words together, but I want you to trust in the spirit of God to be able to speak to you and lead you and guide you. So in verse 6 it says, yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. What's Paul saying here? Paul's saying, listen, you can understand the Word because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. It is the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you into all truth. It is the Holy Spirit who, who helps you to understand that Jesus is not just talking about some seed going into a soil. He's talking about the Word going into your heart. It's the Holy Spirit who gives what we call revelation, not just uh, natural wisdom. As long as you are looking at things through natural wisdom until you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you are not able to understand all that God wants you to understand when you read his word or when you hear it preached. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of every single one of us as believers. And so we have to, we have to recognize that. And this, this first way that we understand or, or that we get understanding of the word so that we're no longer the path is we have to sort it out. We have to sort it out. And here's what I mean by that. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. He's leading you. He gives you wisdom. Paul prays in Ephesians 1 that, that he is uh, and that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that's available to us. We even remember when Peter was asked by Jesus, like, who do men say that I am? And they started to answer. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers correctly. And Jesus responds and says, well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. Essentially, that was revelation. God gave you that understanding. And we still have the ability to have that same level of understanding by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So we have to sort it out. What do I mean by that? We have to look inward. When we are reading the scripture, when we're hearing the scripture, when we're, when we're studying or having devotion time, we have to sort out what is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, where are these thoughts coming from the Holy Spirit, and where are our own thoughts, where, where is our own voice, what's our own voice saying to us. And we have to sort out what is Satan saying to us, because he speaks to us too. As I said, he spoke to Adam, he spoke to Jesus, he spoke to all of us. 
And so we have to be able to sort this out. Satan will, will try to speak to us when we hear the word. He'll try to twist the word and damage the word and pervert the word. He'll try to challenge it, put doubt in our minds. Our own voice, our own voice will, will often doubt the power in God's word or our ability to understand it. Our own voice will, will want us to lean towards what feels good and what seems right. But the voice of the Holy Spirit, it will often be challenging, but it will be inspiring or even correcting. And it will lead us to righteousness. It will lead us to understanding. It will lead us to not be the path where that word, that seed just falls and it's just sitting on top to be trampled on and for birds to come in and swoop it up and devour it. So we have to make sure that we sort it out in our hearts, sort it out in our thoughts, sort it out in our mind. Because here the path is dealing with our mind, our level of understanding. And so we have to put these thoughts and, and, and all of these things that are coming into our, our hearts and our minds, we have to put them into captivity to Christ, into obedience to the word of God. So if you have these thoughts and you're trying to sort it out and it doesn't line up with the Bible, then it's not from God. Plain and simple. If you have these thoughts and, and you know, you're not really sure if it's from yourself or if it's from the Holy Spirit, well, first of all, you go to the Scripture and you say, does this line up with the Scripture? And many times it will. And then at that point, you really need to learn to be able to, dis to, to discern, to be able to understand and hear which voice is which. And we just read that Paul says that we have the ability to do that. It's already on the inside of us. We just need to learn to tap into that. We need to be able to sort those thoughts out. But the next thing is we also need to be able to search it out. So we don't just need to be able to sort it out on the inside because that's still not going to give us the understanding that we need. We also need to be able to search it out. James chapter 1, let me read to you a few verses beginning in verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What's James saying here? He's saying if you need understanding, if you need wisdom, we could apply this to hearing the word. If you hear the word and you don't understand it, somebody just, just stood up and preached a, you know, a, a two-hour message in the book of Revelation and you didn't understand any of it, <laughs> right? What you need to do is you need to not just sort out the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, but you need to search out God's answer. You need to search out God's wisdom. How do you do that? You do that through prayer, through asking him for wisdom. And, it, and we're promised that he gives it generously, but we must do it in faith. See, many times I believe that believers don't actually uh, follow God and obey God and do what God wants them to do, not because they doubt God, but because they lack the, the, the trust that they can actually hear from God. So if you knew that God was telling you to do that, I believe you would do it. I think what we doubt is our ability to hear from God. And because I'm not positive that God is telling me to do that, I'm not sure if I should do that. And then I, I, I wait and I stumble and, or I just don't even get there. And James is telling us, listen, I can promise you that God will generously give it to you to anybody who asks, but you have to ask in faith. 
You have to ask in faith. Because if you don't, you're going to doubt and you're going to go back and forth and you shouldn't even expect to receive anything from God. So once we've sorted out the thoughts and the voices that come to us, we need to search out God's understanding. We need to do this in prayer. Um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that if we ask, it will be given to us and everyone who asks receives. That this makes sense. If wisdom and understanding, if they come from God, then we need to go to God to get them. Right? Like, like the, we don't need to go any other places until we first go to the one who has it. If the one who has it tells us to go somewhere else, then we go there. But it doesn't make sense to go somewhere that it does not originate from to try to get something that they didn't come up with. Let me make it plain. We're going to social media. We're going to the Internet. Some of you are even like maybe even books or classes or master class or all of that to gain wisdom when it doesn't come from any of those places. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. God is the one who knows the end from the beginning. And if he's the one who knows, then that's where we need to go and that's who we need to ask. So we don't just ask him for wisdom because, you know, I think we've all done that before, and it's like, Lord, give me wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're not any smarter after that than you were before you started that, right? Like, like I think we all know this, like, thinking that this, like, hocus-pocus, magical-type uh, thought process does not work. That's not the way that God operates. So let me give you some, like, just kind of practical things with this. Whenever we hear or we read the word, this could be, again, in any different form that it, that it comes to us, we should hear it or read it while in prayer. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that while I'm preaching or while you're reading the Bible app or your Bible that you are actually voicing and speaking a prayer. Prayer is communication with God. When the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean that we should always be talking. Prayer is communication. If we're going to communicate, then that means sometimes I talk and sometimes you talk. Sometimes I talk and sometimes I listen. Sometimes you talk and sometimes you listen. And it's the same way. So whenever you're hearing the word preached or you're reading it or however you're consuming it, to make sure that you're not the path, to make sure that you understand what God wants you to understand, you need to remain in prayer. Meaning this, in this scenario, you are sitting here, yes, you're listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth, but you're listening in your spirit. What is God saying to me right now? This is not just for me to have more knowledge. This is, we're going to get to this in the next several weeks, but this is what do I do with this? How do I apply this? God, what are you saying to me? And this is why, this is another little ploy that Satan has, and we've all done this, right? Like you hear a message, and you're like, man. My wife needs to hear that message. My husband needs to hear that message. My boss needs to hear that message. Why? What are we doing there? We are disconnecting our spirits from what God wants to say to us, and we're trying to figure everything out with our natural eyes and our natural mind, and we are going to miss it. Because when God gives a word, yes, he may want you to pass that along, and they may need to hear it, but I promise you if God can speak through a donkey, <laughs> he can speak through whoever is giving you the word, and he will give you a word for you. I, I, I've said this many times, and you guys have heard this, but I can't tell you how many messages I've preached. And I've talked to people afterwards, and they've said, man, when you talked about that, man, it was just right what I needed to hear. And I was like, I didn't even talk about that. Like, that's nowhere in my notes. And I know I get off, 
But that, that, that was not it. What is that? That is somebody listening that is not the path. Their heart is not hard. They're not saying this word is for the birds. They are listening to understand with a soft and open heart, and God is speaking to them exactly what he needs to say to them, even though it didn't come out of my mouth. That's how good God is. That's how amazing God is. That's why it's so important to make sure that if we don't understand the word, that we are listening with an attitude of prayer, with ears of prayer. So this also may look a little different. This may look like investing some time in prayer before hearing a sermon or before reading your Bible or doing your devotion. Now, y'all understand this. Back before y'all were saved, before you went to the club, you didn't just show up at the club. You prepared to go to the club. You put on your best outfit or your skimpiest outfit. You, 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 did, your, you, know, you, you did all the stuff that you did. You, you prepared in other ways to not just walk in there, meaning you probably weren't thirsty when you walked in there. Because <laughs> it probably cost a little more in the club than it did at your home. Like, like you, you prepared to go to the club. And I'm just speaking from what I've heard. I don't know anything about any of this. <laughs> I did used to go to the club, but I didn't drink, but it wasn't because I was holy or spiritual. But, I, but my friends, like, they prepared to go to the club. We get this, right? So, so we need to take that very um, unrighteous principle and apply it righteously. Apply it to the word. Like, if you know you're coming to church on Sunday... And you want to hear from God. You want to hear a word from God. Prepare to come. Invest some time to ask God for wisdom, to soften your heart, to be able to hear what he wants to say to you, to be able to understand what it is that he's trying to get you to understand. Also, after you've heard the word, is a great time to go back to God in prayer to understand the seed that was sown, to take notes or take the notes that are given to you and, and go back and pray through them and read through them and take them and study them all. Listen, if you go, if, whether you go here or wherever you go to church, if you are a believer that wants to grow closer to God and you're like, man, I just don't know what to read during the week, listen, that's simple. Go to church on Sunday, take the scriptures that are given and read those. Read, don't just read the verses, read the chapters. You know, take that, do, do it. You could even just do a quick Google search and, and find more scriptures and just daily read that, consume that, but do it in prayer, asking in faith. I got, I got to finish here. Number three of, of what we need to do to make sure that we, we don't remain the path or we don't become the path or, uh, is to study it out. So it's good to sort it out. We have to sort it out, the thoughts and the voices on the inside, we got to search it out in prayer. But we also have to study it out. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you can rightly handle the word, then you can wrongly handle the word. And here we're told to, to study in the King James. It says, study to show yourself Approve. Romans chapter 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. 
2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21 tells us that prophecy is not produced by the will of man and therefore has a correct interpretation. Again, if it has a correct interpretation, it also has an incorrect interpretation. So there are a few things that we need to keep in mind when we're studying the word. And this is not a, an all-inclusive um, outline of, of how to study your Bible, but these are some great, like, practical, here's what we can start doing right now. Number one is the word interprets itself. The word interprets itself. That's why the scripture says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So if you read something in the scripture and you don't understand what it means, then look for other scriptures that, that, that talk about that same thing. Allow the Bible to speak for itself. Commentaries are good. Uh, preaching is good. All these study tools that are available, they're good. But you have to realize that those are oftentimes people's opinions or perspectives. The word is able to interpret itself. And so allow the word to interpret itself. The Bible is the best interpreter of the Bible. Second, context matters. Context matters. If we want to be people that understand the word whenever we hear it, whenever we read it, whenever it's preached, context matters. What is written before that? What is written after that? What is the big picture of what is said in this chapter or in this book? Or even in this verse, what's going on in this land that it was written to? When was it written? What's going on in that time frame? Context matters. And then thirdly, the word is meant to not just be understood, but applied. Again, we're going to talk about this in coming weeks. This isn't just for us to be smarter. This isn't just for us to have an intellectual knowledge of God. This is for us to have a relationship and a connection with God to be able to hear his voice and do what he wants us to do and become who he wants us to become. So here's some great questions to ask when you're, when you're studying the scripture as far as how do I apply this to my life. First of all, what do I need to do because of this? So I read the word. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting, I'm searching, I'm studying. What do I need to do? So if the Bible tells me uh, to forgive you know, 70 times, seven times, then clearly that means I need to forgive. And that's something I need to do. So who have I not forgiven? Because I need to do that now. Because now I've read it. Now I understand it. In order for Satan not to be able to come in and swoop in and take this word, then I need to apply it, what, what I know. So what do I need to stop because of this? When you read the scriptures, there will be things that you read and you'll be like, oh, that says don't do this, but I clearly, like, I do this. Like, I'm not talking about like I made a mistake. Like, I choose to do this. What do I need to stop because of this? What, what do I need to pray because of this? You know, you go through, you read through the New Testament. You read through uh, many of the books that Paul wrote. He has prayers in there, prayers that are great to repeat, prayers that are great to pray over your family, over yourself. And you read that, and it's not just for you to know. It's for you to apply. So what do I need to pray because of this? And then here's another good one. What do I need to speak because of this? So God says you're healed. God says you're the head and not the tail. God says you're more than conqueror. God says that you do have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of knowledge of him on the inside of you. So what are you saying? Because when you go out and you begin to speak things that God didn't say to you, you have to remember you have the power of life and death in your tongue, in your words. 
Now, let me just close with some, some more like really simple, practical ways for us to understand the scriptures because there are so many available to us. There are more available to us, more tools available to us to understand the scriptures now than maybe at any point in history. Like I was talking to a, I was talking to a pastor the other day who's been pastoring for, he's been pastoring 40 years and, and he was telling me his story and it was an amazing story. And, and I just had to pause because he was like, in the timeline of his story, he was like in 1992. And he was telling me, you know, he was preaching in 1992 in this country. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so hold on. Let me, let me just stop you right there. So tell me, like, how did you prepare to preach that message? And he was like, well, you know, I'd, he'd go walk through, he'd praise. I was like, what about the tools? And he's like, well, you know, I'd have my Bible and I'd have my concordance. And I'd have, what's that other big book? What's the, uh, the, the, the Strong's? Concordance, yeah, that's what I said. I was just making sure y'all were still awake. That, that's our ministry school. That's our that's our minister section in, in this. They're, they're, they, they know they know Genesis to Revelation. They they help me out a lot. So so he'd like get this big old book and like he'd find let's say uh, salvation and so he'd have to go find salvation in this book and find all the places and then he'd have to take this book and like flip to all these pages. I was like man. Dude, like I wouldn't have been able to preach every week. Like that, that takes too long. You know what I do? I take out this iPad and like I type stuff in to these different tools. And it like gives me all these scriptures. And I, I don't have to go flipping through. I can literally sit here and read any of them at any time and get like it's all right here at our fingertips. Now, you may not be going out and preaching sermons. But if we want to make sure that we're not the path, that Satan can't just swoop in and steal the word, if we're valuing the word that it's not just for the birds, then here's some just like some very practical um, tools to help you understand the Bible. Number one is the YouVersion Bible app. And most, most of us, uh, if, you, if you just go, if you just search in your app store for Bible, it's going to be the brown one. It's amazing. It is absolutely phenomenal. You can, you can track how many days in a row that you've read your Bible. Um, and if anybody wants to put theirs up against mine, I am super proud of mine. I'd love to play big bank, little bank with how many days in a row you've read your Bible. <laughs> uh, um, it, it tells you, like it'll give you a verse for the day. It'll give you plans, like devotional plans, meaning, meaning you don't know what to read. That's okay. Just type in a topic and it'll say like, here are some devotions that'll give you a Three days, five days, seven days, 365 days. You, you just open the app and you can read that every day and have devotion time with God. And it, there's so much that that, that app does. Um, our, my notes, my sermon notes are on that app. When you go to the events tab, you just go down there and you'll see Faith for Life and you can see the notes, all these notes that I have prepared. You can save them, you can share them, do whatever you want. The other one that I love is called Pocket Sword. And it's a Bible app that's a little more um, intense for study. It's called Pocket Sword. It might be called eSword, depending on your, your app, uh, uh, which, which version you use. But this will actually give you, like, original Greek and Hebrew definitions. It'll give you commentary that you can just literally click on, um, like, touch on an iPad. You can touch the number right next to the word, and it'll pull up the original language. It'll pull up the original definition. You can even see all the times in Scripture that that particular word is found. And then there's a website that I want to tell you guys about that's really, really good, and it, it's kind of all-encompassing of all these things. And it's called BibleHub.com. BibleHub.com. Now, these are just three simple uh, tools that you can use. And, and really, honestly, like we have no excuse to not understand the word. If we are not understanding the word, then it's, we're, we're not choosing to understand the word. 
Because we have all these different versions that are available. We have all these different tools, websites, all of this. We need to be intentional to make sure that we are sorting it out, making sure that we're checking with the Holy Spirit on the inside, being able to, to differentiate between the Holy Spirit and us and Satan, to search it out in prayer. Don't, don't read your Bible without being in prayer. Don't come hear a sermon without being in prayer. And then we need to study it out. We need to put the gifts and the talents that God has given us to his word to be able to understand what he's trying to say to us. Because if we will do this, then it doesn't matter what Satan's trying to do when he comes to swoop in and comes for the word. It won't be on the path. It won't be laying right there on the path because... We have an understanding, and we're getting it in our heart. Now, next week, we're going to go, not next week, in two weeks, we're going to go a level deeper with this because this isn't good enough. To not be the path does not mean that you are good soil. There are more steps to this. There's more layers to this, and we're going to get to that in the next several weeks. So I, I would encourage you to make sure and make plans to be back. But in the, in the meantime, man, let's be intentional about sorting out the thoughts and the words and, the, and, the, and, and just everything on the inside of us to hear the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's cover our time of reading and hearing the word in prayer. And, man, let's do some study. Let's apply ourselves to understanding. Let's not just say, oh, that's for a pastor, that's for somebody else. Like, no, let's study this to show ourselves approved. Let me pray for us before we go this morning. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.